today on Doomed. Ah, Twitter.com. I use it. You use it. The celebs use it. The media uses it. Your favorite or least favorite politicians use it. Hell, we all use it. Even if you're not tweeting up a storm like I am, you're definitely on there to follow people because, you know, that's where things start and begin. The day's stories, the trends of the day. Everything you need to know breaks first on Twitter. That's how important it is to not just the social media sphere, but really to to the world. At least if you get your if you're a news file and get your news uh, from Twitter. Uh, but Twitter also has its own problems. For example, the far right. Ah, the far right. Why are they able to just you know? Oh, not why. A lot of these guys are banned on various other platforms, but for some reason, they're on Twitter. And not only on Twitter, they're verified. Why is this going on? What is the Twitter far-right connection? We're going to find all that out today on Doomed. And joining me to discuss, let me pull me and my guest up on the screen now. One of my favorite guests to have on the show. Really, I was just telling him before how it's been too long, and I don't know how the hell that happened. Michael Edison Hayden. He is a senior investigative reporter and, this is new, spokesperson for the SPLC, Southern Poverty Law Center. Thank you so much for joining me today, Michael. I'm excited to be here. It's been it, it, it's been over a year, I think, since I've done Doomed, which is like... You know, we we needed to make this happen. We we did. I think I think what happened was I was having you on so much at one point that I was just like, hey, I gotta I gotta change it up a bit and just you know make the next time Michael comes on this show feel like something new, something whoa, I haven't seen Michael on Doomed in a while. And then COVID happened and time got away from me, and before you knew it, it became too long. Yeah. Well. Look, we uh, in the past well, we've done like Iron March. We talked about we talked about Gab, and uh, you know, I mean, Stephen Miller, things like that. I, I think that you know it's appropriate now that we're taking it to Twitter because, really speaking, I don't think there's any, um, you know, I don't think there's any tech thing. I don't think there's any like social media thing that has done as much damage. I would argue. As Twitter, and I know a lot of people will say like, "Oh, Facebook, you know, Facebook." Like, think about Facebook and the traffic Facebook does. Um, I'm sorry, man. If you look at that insurrection and what happened on January 6th, um, that violence, that to me, it needs. It, you needed Facebook, you needed Twitter, um, but the personalities, the the cult of personality right. that Twitter is able to build, right? Uh, starting starting with Trump. Right, right. Let's like talk about. I mean, starting with Trump, that really comes from Twitter. Right. And I mean, they they all have their role. It seems like you know, Facebook is the way where this spreads with the masses. This is how this stuff gets to someone who isn't in the political or even news bubble. Someone who's just you know scrolling to check out normal every you know your your mom, dad, grandparents, people from college who aren't in this world at all. They became like, I don't know, construction workers or work in an office, you know, and, and not in, you know, not in a newsroom. And, you know, that's how this stuff gets to them. But the, the, like you were saying, the, the actual talking points, the stories, 
this all comes from the discourse that happens on Twitter. Uh, and, you know, we, you also, you know, we, we're here to talk to, you're here today to talk about this fantastic report you did on Twitter. And not just Twitter. I think what makes this report um, really interesting and special, because obviously there's been a lot done on how, you know, the far right uses Twitter, white supremacists and neo-Nazis on Twitter. But what you focused on here in this report, which I think really makes this report stand out, is Mr. Twitter himself, its CEO and founder, Jack Dorsey. Um, A lot of this stuff, I feel like, has been... A lot of people, just from seeing how he acts... uh, People he's interacted with online, who he follows, you know, there's been a lot of talk about him and what his actual politics are and what his connections are to various figures on the far right. Um, But you actually went ahead and did the report on it. And I think, you know, I think we're going to get... We're going to get into that, and I think it's, it's really great. And then also, though, you did another report that just came out uh, looking back at Pizzagate and how it spread on Twitter. And, I mean, I'm bringing that up now because there you go. I mean, you couldn't have had Pizzagate without Twitter. I mean, that's where – oh, the last time you were on the show, actually, now that I think about it, you mentioned a bunch of times you've been on, but the last time you were on the show, I think, was to talk about Jack Posiebeck. Yeah. Jack Pozovic. I mean, what is this, it? Pos- I can never it's remember. Pozo- how to- it's Pozovic. But I mean, you know, in some ways um, we're working backwards a little bit because um, Pozovic is the Frankenstein monster. And now we're talking about, you know, how it was really created. I mean, Pozovic had and has no, as we discussed, no discernible credentials. Those are the words I like to use. Like there's <laughs> no reason to make this guy a celebrity, right? Um, absolutely nothing. And it's a perfect example of what Twitter actually does. It launders um, nobody extremists into mainstream discourse, thereby kind of shifting the entire conversation further and further right, um, in my opinion. Uh, you know, I mean, for sure they're gonna, people are gonna point out, okay, there's Antifa is allowed to do things on Twitter and there are left-wing people on Twitter. I mean, to me, it's just not comparable because of, if you look at the events of the last five, six years, you look at Charlottesville, you look at the insurrection, you look at the terror attacks and things like that. This is, you know, you cannot actually do a both sides type of thing here. Um, you know, it's just, there, there's no equivalence. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, you know, the funny thing, I, I, you're absolutely, you, you nailed how to describe Pasobic. I mean, he really has no discernible, discernible uh, I mean, the, the, the guy's got nothing. I mean, you could look at various far-right figures, and, and you could see, obviously, you're, we're not fans of them, but you can see what uh, what aspect, what sort of, what, what they had that sort of propelled them in that world. You know, some of them are charismatic in certain ways. But Pasobic, Pasobic has nothing. He's just, yeah. He, he's just. I've heard him talk. I've heard. I've seen him on shows. I've seen him listen to 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 uh, uh, media hits he's done. And there's, there. He's got no skill, no talent. He's not a reporter in any way, shape, or form. Even though he he seems to have been able to. We discussed this last time. Lie his way into various different roles in journalism over the years. Um, yeah, Let, let's, let's go, let's, yeah. let's rewind though. Like you said, we're, I'm jumping ahead. Why don't you walk us through what you've, what you lay out in this report regarding Twitter and the far right? So, um, I'll just use like a, like one example 
from that from the analysis. Uh, it's not the starting point of the actual analysis, but I'm just going to pick it out, which is that um, during the 2020 uh, George Floyd, the anti-racist demonstrations that you know swept up the country and still get talked about very much on the right as like an example of like lawlessness and whatever else was happening. Twitter uh, changed their corporate branding to say not only Black Lives Matter but also Black Trans Lives Matter, which I I really like because it's just like they're like we're just all in. We're you know <laughs> this is like we're we're not we're not casually progressive by the way. Black trans lives. Now we're getting very specific. Um, which I find very amusing, uh, you know, in, in some ways that they're, they're like so bold about it, right? And um, I mean, we look at that branding and how aggressive they are about it. Uh, it comes on top of years of reporting, years of reporting about white nationalists and white supremacists organizing on this platform. And he's like, how do I, you know, reconcile this Black Trans Lives Matter branding with uh, the fact that, you know, this this website has promoted and helped make and verified, you know, people like Nick Fuentes, for example, a white nationalist who um, was a big part of the Stop to Steal thing. Ali Alexander, the leader of Stop to Steal, yes, they got rid of him, but only after, um, you know, things became like extremely, I mean, who knows if law enforcement played a role in forcing another hand to do it. So it's like, how do you reconcile this like progressive brand of Twitter with, you know, this collection of far What is this? And I think for a long time, people say, oh, you know, Jack Dorsey's a closet fascist. He's a he's a he's a Nazi, you know, in disguise. He's he's all these things. I mean, I think that the exam, you know, the, the, the reality is kind of just staring us in the face in some ways and that he is like a, a libertarian. I mean, and that is based upon people I've spoken to who are inside Twitter. Right. And he is a right leaning libertarian who, uh, according to sources with whom I've spoken, I mean, one we refer to uh, repeatedly in this, who has inside uh, knowledge of it, I mean, he just views Twitter as being like the, the last uh, def- line of defense between um, America becoming China and, and whatever else. And <laughs> I, I, I took out some of the lines. I need to get the things shorter, but I referenced Infowars in there. But like, I mean, this is a type of rhetoric you repeatedly see on Infowars.com. Um, so just starting with that, I mean, I think that if you're looking for an ideology in this website, like what they believe, you know, whether they're, you know, this is a libertarian website. Jack Dorsey is a big advocate of Bitcoin, Bitcoin maximalists. I I will say that I, I hodl some Ethereum myself, uh, Bitcoin maximalists, um, tend to be very libertarian. Like that's just, you know, that is not the stereotype. Um, I, VJ Gotti, I think is, I don't know how to pronounce her, her name, but she's like, you know, the legal person right, at right, Twitter. Right. She runs like a cryptocurrency investment firm, I believe for women, if I'm remembering that correctly. <laughs> um, I didn't know that. Wow. She does. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's like, this is an ideology. It's not the absence of ideology. Um, this is an ideology and, and, uh, you know, more often than not, and I'm going to end my, uh, monologue here. We see libertarians siding with fascists and we see libertarians coming over from libertarianism to fascism. Occasionally you see them go to, you know, become Bernie bros and and then that sort of thing. And then mm. sort of, comes, you know, it does happen. It, it happens it, very much more rare. Right. No, I don't, I mean, it, you know, I mean, like it happens. Right. Um, what I would say is that what we see a lot of 
is a pipeline between libertarianism and this kind of, well, now we got to build a wall, this kind of, um, you know, this sort of Peter Thiel worldview and sometimes the much more harder, hardline fascist worldview. Right. Well, you know, in, in the United States, libertarianism is much different. This always happens when we talk libertarianism back in the day when I was on the majority report, and I'm sure they still get it to this day. I, you know, I was on the show earlier today. Um, people from outside the U.S. are like, hey, I'm a libertarian, and I'm a, I listen to you guys. I, I listen to all these left-wing shows. I'm, I like Bernie Sanders. And it's like, you know, you, I know you said there's some here, and it's true. But libertarianism in the United States is very different than libertarianism outside of this country. It really has become a right, a, a strictly right-wing ideology. Usually, the the left-leaning libertarians like to uh, add an addendum to that name, like they say, like, "Oh, I'm a libertarian socialist" or something like that, or they they use libertarian as an adjective in some way. Yeah. Well, I think that also. Um the, the sort of Black Lives Matter, Black Trans Lives Matter thing, uh, you know, there's some irony to that because I think what what really pushes libertarians over the edge or what they, you know, in their mind, their own justification is is they believe that they have to stand up to like wokeism and uh, stand up to what they perceive to be like, you know, censor, censorship and academia. And that like what really turns people um, to embrace fascism. Anyway. Right, right. now, I, I, you... let, me, let me ask you this. Did, does... How how has how how much power does like obviously he's the CEO and and the uh, the founder uh, although he did step away from the the company for a bit when uh, there were other people to take over uh, like Biz Stone was one of the guys who used to be there I think he runs Medium now um, what how much power does Jack actually like you know at Facebook pretty much Mark Zuckerberg says something and it happens he will you know he he has the final say he's like the Vince McMahon of Facebook, using a re wrestling reference here, where, you know, micromanaging everything, he, you know, he gets the final word. Is Does Dorsey have that? Because it seems like, from what you're telling me, that it doesn't really seem like, he, if he did, that would add up to, you know, Black Trans Lives Matter being a, a thing that Twitter ran with, even if it's just, you know, for their bio to look good. It seems like he would have stood against that in some way, just to, you know, as a fair libertarian-leaning guy, don't want to take a side there, you know? Well, you know, I mean, if you look at the people that Dorsey follows, I mean, he people follows people like Emily Gorchensky, um, who is like an you know anti-fascist activist who lived in Charlottesville for a while. Um, so it's like, it, you know, I, I don't think he's necessarily like I, I don't think that like he himself is necessarily, um, you know, against that that type of branding. I mean, I, I can't speak for him because he's so you know far removed. Um, but what I can say is that you know, my impression upon reporting on it is that this guy and, and the people around him are more likely to want to say, hey, Nick Fuentes has a right to be here and we're going to go out of our way to make sure he has a right to speak um, than they are, you know, almost anybody else. It's like proving a point to some degree. Um, but I think the, the, the bigger thing in the analysis, uh, the biggest the biggest takeaway, and I think the most important one for your audience to have is in, in with this ideology, what they also did was make these people, right? They made these people happen. Right. And we highlight a few of them here, but they're not, they're not alone. I couldn't go on for 20,000 words, but I picked a few people who were really involved in Stop the Steal. Um, if you'd like, I could give you 20,000 words tonight right here <laughs> on the show. 
Because well, we well, 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 let's just name a few of them. Let's just name a few of them. Mike Cernovich, who has no reason. You, there's no reason anyone should know who Mike Cernovich is. Right. There's no reason. Right. Um, he is he's he is a Twitter personality primarily known for pushing disinformation on Twitter. I feel okay. a little bit. I feel a little bit guilty myself about Mike Cernovich. I'm pretty sure I was the a major uh, reason why he uh, he <laughs> he rose to prominence. I I was on his ass the second I uh, he got he jumped into Gamergate back in the day, and I was yeah. calling him out. And um, he uh, certainly gained a profile from that. and was able to just rocket ship from Gamergate straight. Uh, up the uh, the ladder on the right to you know basically he was in the White House at, at various points. Yeah, he's he you know Mike is uh, is very savvy at manipulating social media, which is why he wound up on uh, sixty Minutes as an example of someone who does that. But then again, right, we're talking about these the, these figures and 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 the role that Twitter plays in making them possible. The reason why we should not even know who Mike Cernovich is. Jack Dorsey followed this guy when he was an example of posting disinformation on Twitter. They verified him in the summer of 2016 while he was publishing disinformation about the election. That is what he was doing. That is what he was known for doing. He was not known for doing anything else. He wrote a self-help book called like Guerrilla Mindset or whatever. Oh, right? yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a, is it self-published? I can't remember. Um, the point I'm is, pretty it's, sure. Yeah. But, uh, go ahead. No, I mean, look, there's no reason anyone should know who Mike Cernovich is um, besides from Twitter. OK, he is he is. These are these are Frankenstein monsters that have come out of Twitter's leadership. Uh, another example we bring up in that was Ali Alexander, who uh, Luke O'Brien did some at, like, you know, his like his his winner's tale or whatever, his last story at HuffPo is, 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 is masterful. Everybody should read that, the story about Ali Alexander. Um, so like, you know, Ali Alexander, who is allegedly friends with Jack, uh, Jack Dorsey, um, who is, who said as much Dorsey's never denied it. Uh, Dorsey allegedly consulted with this guy. And this is the leader of the Stop to Steal movement. He has, again, no, no discernible credentials. There's nothing. There's no reason anyone should know who this guy is outside of social media manipulation. That's all he does and all he did. And there's just numerous examples of this. And they become prominent. They become big celebrities because of this website. Um, and, you know, they fill this gap that was created when Trump won the nomination way back when in 2016, which is that no media people would endorse this racist, sexist, insane campaign, right? They would all make money off of it by like running Trump on TV constantly and all that stuff. But they would get no endorsement. So you needed some media figures to fill that void. And that's when all these guys, uh, Twitter made these guys happen. Right. They, they, they answered the demand. Right. Then before we get into some more figures, I just want to uh, stop and, and talk about some of the things that you just said. Uh, you know, I... Th I'm sure there'll be people who hear, you know, oh, so Dorsey follows this person. What a I follow people who I don't agree with just because I want to keep tabs on them. Sure, sure. I don't. Th I, I agree. You don't can't judge someone necessarily by who they follow. But when we're talking about the CEO of Twitter, I do think that sends a message. And the fact that they're verified is something huge, and I don't think should be 
ignored. Now, people like to mock, oh, blue check, who cares? What does that mean? Sure. I mean, if you're on Twitter and you think having a blue check mark verification thing next to someone, your name is no big deal. Fine. I, I tend to agree with you. Other than the other than that one verified uh, special tab you get in notifications, if you're a verified user that shows when verified use, other verified users interact with you, verification really is just like, it's just a blue check. No big deal. Um, but the thing is, people who aren't like that, people who aren't on this website and enamored with it and in this bubble 24-7, uh, people look at that as, oh, they have a blue check mark. That's Twitter endorsing this individual as legitimate. Now, again, Twitter can say, I, Twitter can you, what was that? No, I, I something I got to say. Like anybody, anybody who thinks that that doesn't matter is full of shit. Right. I'm sorry, excuse my language. No. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna tell you why. Uh, the reason why is because the leader of Stop the Steal, he follows the leader of Stop the Steal. So he's watching this shit happen every time he, you know, every time he opens his own stupid app if he's doing it. I mean, come on, give me a break. Of course it matters. Right. Because it, it matters because he, because they didn't do anything about it. He doesn't have to be okay. No. He, Alexander says, uh, you know, he's friends with Jack Dorsey and they follow each other or whatever. Okay. The, you know, we, you know, let, let Dorsey deny that if it's not true. But the issue is that these people, Tim Pool, Mike Cernovich, all these things were pushing the election lies that led to the insurrection lead up and Dorsey followed them. He, if, anytime he opens his own app, he sees that it's happening and did nothing. He didn't say there and say, Hey, hold on a second. Wait a second. My app is turning this country into a, you know, into in, in, into a, like, you know, just a big blob of of violence. Um, you know, that is absolutely on him. And 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 quite frankly, I mean, I, I, th I think you should step down. Right. Um, I mean, that's, you know, I'm right. pining here, but I, I, I mean, I think you should step down. I think it's pathetic. Right. Right. I mean, you know, I just want to say, you know, Twitter can say all they want that the verification just means that individual is who they are, so there can't be imp impersonators or imposters pretending to be them on the site. I mean, when the person with the verified badge is doing the work that an imposter or like a bad faith actor would do to begin with, I mean, who really cares about that, right? But it's not how people view it. And that's just not Twitter either. I want to say all these social media websites, when they put a blue check mark next to someone's name, they can write it in their policies all they want, screaming out to the world, it doesn't matter. People look at it as this platform says this person is legit. If they say something, they're automatically trustworthy. They are saying something of, of value, of merit, and it's truth because otherwise they wouldn't have the blue check mark next to their name, right? Well, it's, it's about whether people believe it. Right, right. That's all that matters. Right. It, doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what Twitter says or whatever, you know. I mean, either verify everybody uh, who gives you a real email address and a driver's license right. uh, or don't, because like right now it's obviously, obviously that's the impression. So it's like when people say, Oh, I'm getting my news from Jack. Pacific, it was enough to get him a, a gig for, for one American news for a while. Right. I mean, yeah. Now, you know, I, I wonder, um, hmm, how should I say this? I think, and I've said this before, I personally think if you're someone who wants to have some sort of platform where anything goes and you just hands off and let it happen. Now, I've had a discussion with people who disagree with me even say, if that, I mean, sure, that's your right. You're, you're building the thing and that's, I mean, you sure, sure live with the consequences and fine, but if that's your thing, fine. And you get into this part here. That's why I'm bringing this up now. 
But if your belief is hands off, let let it just go and whatever, you know, the free market of social media platforms, you know, good ideas will just rise to the top on their own. We don't need to. Then you can't have an algorithm that puts its finger, uh, you know, presses its finger on, you know, on the scale. And yet all these platforms do that. I mean, if you want to say, I don't want to have any sort of platform where there's rules that, 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 that stop people from speaking their mind and sharing their opinion, and I'm going to build that and let the good ideas flow, then you can't at the same time build it with an algorithm that pushes engagement towards certain individuals because you're, then you're not. You're actively getting involved and pushing ideas and going against whatever values you claim to believe in. Now, I know these platforms, a lot of them do the, have these algorithms to push these people for the purpose of engagement, and, and that means they make more money. But still, if you want, if you're this free speech absolutionist, you also can't be putting your fingers on the th- your your thumb on the scale here and, and pushing your platform to promote certain people. That's at least my my viewpoint on that. And you yeah, get well, towards the algorithm in the report. Yeah. Well. Okay. So we use one example in which the algorithm recommended that you know that that we follow um, Scott Greer who, uh, you know, wrote for Richard Spencer's publications under a pseudonym, uh, is a known white supremacist who's verified on the site and has over 80,000 followers. Um, it recommended we follow red ice, which is a white nationalist YouTube show who've like, you know, talk about white genocide, like pretty openly. Um, and Heinrich, what's his name? Who is the host of, of red ice? So there's a slate of three where it says who to follow. It'll literally say that. Um, anyone who has ever, uh, built a sock on Twitter knows what I'm talking about when I use the phrase, um, blue gap. So there's a part of Twitter now it's like, yeah, you can easily, um, go onto Twitter, um, and just follow a bunch of fantasy baseball accounts and baseball related news or whatever, and just see a lot of baseball stuff and not really know this is happening. Um, but anybody who do, who monitors far right streamers for for um, as part of their job knows what I'm talking about when I say blue gap. There's a part of Twitter that exists um, that is essentially uh, just no different from Gab or Parler. Um, it just happens to be on the site, so it's like siloed within the site itself. And when you go on it um, and you start following a bunch of reactionary accounts you will increasingly see more and more white supremacist content, get a locked account um, and just start following, you know, things, right? Just go, just, just do it. Don't tweet. um, Don't do anything. Um, I recommend to journalists and stuff like that. Never, you know, don't, don't tweet from your stock accounts. Don't like interact with people. It's, 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 it's bad practice. Just follow. Um, And uh, you're going to find like, you know, when you do that, uh, you are going to be increasingly recommended white supremacist content. You're going to see a lot of like goofy kind of, uh, what's it like baby Pepe? What's that? <laughs> you know, that, that baby Pepe that like, is like, 
I don't know, it looks like a like a shrunken cross-eyed, like, you know, that like you know what I'm talking about? The the like or oh, where are my friends, those type of like sort of baby talk Pepe's. Right, right, anyway, right, so right. Oh, the, the friends okay. with the, without the, the F R E N S, no D. Yeah, yeah. it's one of the most it's one of the most inane things I've ever seen in my in my job. So like, there's there's the, you're gonna see those type of people, and then you're gonna get like harder shit. Like eventually, you're gonna get people who like um, are uh, you know are are looking for ways to talk about eliminating Jewish people. By using codes and like by using like, for instance, using a nose emoji to talk about Jews um, to, uh, you know, to use like the turban emoji to talk about uh, brown people. Um, they are uh, and, and they'll get banned every once in a while. But what, what you'll do if you keep following them, you're going to find that your Twitter is just going to keep feeding you these people. They're going to make your feed into blue gab because they think that's what you want. Right. Um, and, and as Megan Squire uh, pointed out in our analysis, so we went to a lot of different people to to talk because because um, I want to make sure I'm not going this alone because it's such a big site. You know, she says that like Twitter is bad because it has such horrible content. The algorithm just makes it worse. So you know, it's the fact that it allows that 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 the Twitter moderators or lack lack of moderators just allow Nazis to run free on the platform, and then the architecture that they built then makes it that much worse just pulls you deeper and deeper very very quickly right yeah i i've noticed too that and i've i've set up i don't have i don't have a secondary account or a sock puppet account i do have accounts i've set up just to see what you know as tests to see what gets that i don't tweet from to see what gets recommended based on follows and and what it you know what the account looks at and mm -hmm. i've seen like i've set up an account that was like strictly like for like pro wrestling content and yep. then a person who is who the count's following will tweet out something from a figure outside of the pro wrestling world, such as a, a far right user. And all of a sudden that gets swept up into the algorithm as like, oh, I guess. Now, I don't know how the, I, no one really knows what Twitter's algorithm is like. And this is obviously just a I didn't do like a whole study on this and look further into it. But this is just my specific experience with this account. And then all of a sudden, a few days later, I got a notification to that account that basically said, uh, oh, here's a Ben Shapiro tweet or something like that. Now, yeah. obviously, Ben Shapiro is not the worst of the actors we're talking about here. but He's pretty bad, though, actually. He's pretty bad, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I can say as a person of, of, of Arab descent, like it's on my mother's side, like I'm not particularly thrilled about some of his comments about Palestinians. Oh, absolutely. Anyway. Um, but yeah, yeah, like, look, yeah, that's the thing. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not calling for them to necessarily suspend Ben Shapiro. That's not necessarily the point of this. It's the point is that they, that the, the site, um, is set up to do exactly what it does. And the, you know, the consequences of it are the violence that we saw in January. Um, the consequences are what we saw in Charlottesville and the consequences are going to be more violence in the future. I promise you that. I mean, as, as long as Twitter's still run the way exactly the way it's run now, it's going to create more violence, and it's going to create more violence around. It could be around the the, the midterms when they come up. Um, it's really bad right now. In fact, I mean, the rhetoric uh, is bad because the almost the entire right sphere politically has begun to embrace um, this you know this insane lie. I mean, the big lie is is very effective branding. I think it gets it across exactly what's happening. You know, em, embrace the big lie, but also. Um, you know, embrace a worldview in which political violence may be the only option uh, 
to, you know, get what they want because they believe that everything, you know, the whole country has been stolen from them. I mean, this is, it's not only Twitter, YouTube and Facebook obviously play big roles in this, but I mean, that radicalization engine that we're talking about here, Blue Gab, is a big reason. I mean, a lot of people have just been exposed to a lot of, um, uh, you know, propaganda. I mean, like really hardcore propaganda. Right. And it's just it's it's really interesting how this seems to have only really uh, been a net gain for a very specific political ideology. Right. I mean, if this if this was like a a broader issue where like, oh, wow, these social media platforms are just letting all these smaller ideologies before they existed now, you know, are all reaping in the benefits. And you got like, the you know, it's just not happening. There's. There's, you know, it's, it's, I will tell you, it is insane. And you, you see it, you know, bringing in something else that's in another world that just happened when, uh, when these left wing, uh, YouTubers, uh, like, you know, when Sam Cedar debated Steven Crowder, it is amazing the amount of people you hear saying, Hey, I've been a Steven Crowder fan for years. I was recommended him on YouTube and I've been a fan ever since, or Ben Shapiro, list Tim Pool, this goes on and on. And then I never heard of any of these left wing people. Why do you think that? And like, these aren't people who are like, who were far right wingers and then just were fans of these guys. No, these are people who weren't really interested in politics before like Trump. And they got online and were automatically given Steven Crowder, Tim Poole, uh, uh, Ben Shapiro. And that's all they know. Like, it is a very specific ideology that these algorithms are pushing people towards. It's not, uh, you know, benefits across the board for everyone and we just have a problem with the far right i mean it's there's a specific thing being pushed here well i'm you know i just want to say to the audience that we're just going to get way off the analysis here because matt and i are just now we're just we're just talking here about about twitter which is good i think it's good and what i would say is read the analysis um it's you know no it's my i think the analysis is like is I, you know, months of my brain, like actually writing and things like this. And now I'm just going to be shooting the shit here. So, so yes. Um, regarding the left wing thing or whatever, I guess that, I guess the right could argue that like, you know, social media has like pushed more people uh, to, you know, uh, to accept pride branding and things like that during pride or something like that. Um, you know, uh, whatever. Um, they could argue that. But I think the you know the biggest telling is is not only that, but it, it, what you're saying, but also the fact that every idea or every not every idea, but like it seems that many um, tweets that take off on that platform, um, you know, there's all kinds of different things, whatever, that come from like a left sphere are people who kind of do the contrarian, you know anti uh anti-liberal thing right um and i have my i have plenty of criticisms of liberalism myself right okay so i just want to make that clear but the algorithm and the the format the way it's designed really really benefits people i mean if you look like somebody like somebody like michael tracy who is not a good writer um i mean you just read his he's just he, he can barely write um he is, uh, not a, no, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. He's not, he's just not, he, he just has no talent and he, you know, his, um, he's not really a, a profound thinker in any way either. All he really does 
is take the issue du jour for liberals and like kind of flip it and say like, oh, well, what about this? And see how far he can take that. Um, and he's very successful at Twitter, right? Um, and I, I, I don't think that that sort of thing is an accident. You know, it is a format um, that is uh, that rewards people who um, stoke anger uh, among the, the primarily liberal user base of the uh, of the platform. Um, when you generate anger, your name trends. And we talk about this a little bit in the analysis. But like you say, like every week, Andy Noah is trending. There's a guy who has who has um, literally no talent. Um, he's just, I mean, he's not a, uh, he's not a, he's never had a scoop in his life. He's not a reporter. I mean, he's not, you know, he, he wouldn't know how to obtain documents. He's not like, right. All he does is like tweet out mug shots and, and, uh, and, 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 you know, his writing voice sounds, I mean, it's, it's like reading off the ingredients of a, of, of a coconut oil bottle or something. I mean, um, he goes into the street, he goes, he hits the streets to become the story. Like that's oh, what yeah, you don't I mean, do. Like he puts yeah, himself I mean, out there to become the story. Right. He's a social media performer, right? He's a social media performer. I'm not going to talk about like Greenwald necessarily because he's he's a he's a, a, a obviously much more sophisticated than both of those two guys. Um, even if um, he's <laughs> taking some strange turns, um, but like you know, largely what what these people have done in order to succeed, and this is like a really reactionary, you know, process or whatever, is they say things and do things that irritate. The you know Twitter's uh, liberal user base, um, not only liberal, but but oh, there's a lot of them on there. Their name trends when people are angry, they get offended or whatever. I mean, um, liberals are more easily offended than than most people. Um, they're also you know sensitive, uh, defending you know certain whatever, and uh, like the format rewards that you know i mean it, and 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 because of the blue check thing and whatever that gets you know mistaken as journalism and the whole process really i think turns the entire discourse to the right all this stuff benefits rich uh right-wing billionaires um it really does because the more we're talking about Andy, know the less we're talking about what's happening in terms of climate change the less we're talking about um how do we you know how do we make this system uh, fairer to the working class? Um, yeah, I mean, it is. It, it creates uh, these fake people like Andy No, um, like Mike Cernovich, uh, from scratch, and gets you mad at them. I use the words, uh, you know, that it, that it exacerbates mental illness and anxiety. I mean, th this is intentional, right? With any, somebody. You've been there, right? Like somebody says something mean to you or whatever, and you're like on Twitter like for an hour or something, right? I mean, I, I do it much less now. I've gotten to the point where I can genuinely say I don't care, right? I used to say, oh, I don't care, but then like I would get hurt by by things or whatever. I, I think I'm at a point where I actually just genuinely don't give a fuck. Um, but, you know, I've been there. You've been there and you just be like on the phone be like, oh, wh what are they saying about me now, right? That it's... It, that generates traffic and that generates money for people like Jack Dorsey and it tilts the conversation to the right, that whole process. Right. I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, you know, I, I very early on had to just get, because especially during, I, I, there's very few things, even, even the Trump people, even during the height of like the far right and the alt right, very few of them even got to the level of how good gamer gate people were at doing that. 
they they were able to dogpile on you on Twitter, and a lot of them are still on there. And, and I'm not just talking about figures with faces to them, who I, I actually think Twitter gives a lot more leeway to. Like, if you use your real face and, and like, your real identity, you could get away with a lot more on Twitter, I realized. Like, they... They strike down harder on anonymous people than people going by their real identity. And, and I'm talking about like you you could take your, your anonymous account and your real person account, have them say the same thing that goes against Twitter policy. They will definitely let it slide if you're going by your real identity or they'll give you a slap on the wrist, like a, a temporary suspension, 24-hour, 12-hour suspension right. or something. Um, well, well, we, we, we got to get into Pizzagate eventually. But, I mean, it's interesting you brought up um, Gamergate. Uh, because, I mean, I, I started with Pizzagate, but you could have started with Gamergate and the fact that, the, that, that these things happened right there on, the, uh, on that platform. And Twitter chose to reward these people for harassment, right? They legitimized people who were on the platform primarily to harass people, or if they weren't on there to harass people, that's what they did with it. Um, and Cernovich is the absolute perfect example because he was involved in Gamergate, as you mentioned. I mean, I, I was I was in India at that time, so I wasn't like really clued into everything that he was about in 2014. But, um, you know, he you know, with Pizzagate, uh, I mean, the guy was tweeting about th that Pizzagate was 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 going to be huge and, and, and directing his followers to that. Jack Pizzobic went inside of Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria. Right. Right. You know, just, not just to rewind for just one second, people seem to forget, though, that, that, being that you brought you tied it into Gamergate, I just want to mention, Gamergate wasn't even, like, it, it was literally, term like, the term Gamergate was given by Adam Baldwin, the actor who used to be a fairly prominent conservative activist online, uh, figure, I should say, not really activist, he didn't really do anything but spew shit online. But, you know, he seems to have sort of drifted. I'm sure that's still his politics, but he's drifted away from that. But Adam Baldwin, still a verified figure on uh, Twitter, uh, was the guy who sparked the the Gamergate fire. He didn't start the thing, but he helped spark it by giving it that name, by pushing it on Twitter. And, you know, there you go. I think that's a perfect example. Thank you for make, uh, for, for bringing that up, Michael. Um, but, yeah, let's go ahead with Pizzagate now and, and, and focus – on that, because you know, you you look back now in this other piece you you put out at the same time at, geez, five years ago. It seems incredible that it's been that long. Um, it, it yeah, gamer. You know, you could say Gamergate started elsewhere because it did at 4chan, Reddit, um, YouTube videos that went out about it. But Pizzagate really was prominently. I think I think you could. I think it's safe to say was. Born on Twitter via people posting screenshots of those Podesta email leaks. Yeah. Microchip, that's a guy that we've, I'm sure, talked about in some of our Doom sessions before. Was uh, You remember him with it. Like, Microchip, for, for people who don't know, was he still hasn't been ID'd, although I, I've, 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 I've heard it maybe getting closer on that. Um, yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, so... Microchip was like a, you know, an, a, a sort of a, uh, a link between the sort of daily stormer white nationalists and what we would now refer to as the all what, or what some people refer to as the alt light, uh, what I would prefer to call the, just a the hard right, like, um, you know, kind of American version of neo-fascism, the Pazobic, uh, types. Um, and you know, 
people like that, um, at the same time as some of these people who were christened as Twitter celebrities, including Pozovic, Cernovich, whatever, Cassandra Fairbanks, how about her? Um, oh, she's you know, the it, new uh, unbiased, nonpartisan, legitimate editor in chief for Tim Pool's new news website, right? Yeah, you think Pool? You know, Pool in Pool's case, it's like he's right on the border of somebody that the SPLC like really doesn't want to be talking about because, you know, is it, why would you bring Fairbanks into it? Because now you're just like asking, you're asking for heat. You know, now when I say that, I'm like, just don't do it, man. You know, you, I thought you were a disaffected liberal. Uh, not that I ever believed that, but, um, you know, why are you hiring Cassandra Fairbanks? I mean, you're just asking for heat because I will tell you, uh, I have quite a bit on Fairbanks um, that I haven't published yet. Ooh, uh, your video just went out. but um, Oh, no. Oh, no. There you go. You just, just uh, went out again. But I, I will wait, say. Wait, I, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> all right. How about this? How about this? No, still don't That's, see. Oh, there you go. There you go. You're it's back. much worse. Yeah, but the camera is much worse. Eh, like, people could still see you. That's all that matters. But okay. I, well, I, say, I this camera just, you know, I was using a nice camera. And and <laughs> maybe the USB cable is loose or something. I, I will say that a few weeks ago, I I played a video on this show where uh, Tim Pool was talking with one of his guests. I, I can't remember who it was about possibly bringing Cassandra Fairbanks on board. And they both pretty much end up saying like, yeah, she's not really, I wouldn't, you can't trust her. She's not really, Tim was like, yeah, I'm a friends with her, but you know, she's not a, we can't have her being, you know, she's too opinionated. And then a couple of weeks later, she brings her up on board. Opinionated. 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 Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's right. one word for what Cassandra Fairbanks says. She's right. like uh, a really, um, just a horrible, she's a horrible example, example of what social media does to a person. I mean, what a, what a. What a horrible life. And uh, I, I will say this. I always, and I'm not saying I'm some sort of, uh, you know, uh, uh, fortune teller or anything like that, but something always seemed off about her, even when she was uh, claiming to be a Bernie-supporting leftist. I remember back even before that, during like, I don't know if it was far as far back as the Occupy days, but it feels like that. Definitely like when she was a, a left-wing-leaning person talking about Assange. I never interacted with her online purposefully because I was something always seemed off. Something was not right. Uh, I, again, I, I am not going to. All I'm going to say is have me back on at another time. We're going to be talking about this when I have an actual something. Ooh, ooh, hold on, I gotta. I don't know if you'll hear this, but I gotta play a little. Uh, uh, I don't even know what to play. Sound effect wise, here we go. <laughs> Glockenspiel. Uh, yeah, so let's let's um. Let's continue and talk about it. You definitely have to come on on that one, by the way. But yeah, um, let's, you know, Pizzagate was just this bizarre thing. And I do want to say this for something that started on Twitter. It is crazy how other again, we're talking about other social media platforms, but it is important to understand that Twitter is the one that put it out there in the world. Um, how other platforms have been able to keep it going. For example, TikTok, which wasn't even a thing. Back when Pizzagate was 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 uh, was created, uh, has done an amazing job at keeping Pizzagate alive. In fact, tw TikTok had to step in because they were receiving so much criticism, uh, and actually block hashtag Pizzagate from being searchable on their app. Because what, ha what was happening was young people were finding out about this somehow, and they were not really fully understanding it, taking it at 
wholesale value and just seeing, oh, it was about a, a, you know, a pedophile ring under a child trafficking ring under a pizza place in D.C. I got to make a video about this. And the whole thing spread again. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, a lot of people, I mean, it was a big thing, um, you know, I think on the left or whatever to make like kind of ironic jokes about Pizzagate at the time because it was so absurd and people were like, oh, my God, these people are so crazy and all this stuff. And I understood that, you know, I laughed at, at my share of Pizzagate jokes and, 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 and understood the gawking. But then you talk to like James Alafontes about it, the owner of Comet Ping Pong. And this, I mean, like people's lives were ruined. I mean, people's lives were ruined. There are people who work for, um, you know, work for that restaurant who are, you know, in therapy for PTSD and stuff. I mean, um, this is like, I mean, what really bothers me, and you can read the Q&A with him. Um, I published it. It was not like, oh, I'm going to write a pizza about Pizzagate. I was like, I wanted to interview him because I wanted to speak to somebody who is a victim of Twitter specifically, right. what Twitter does. Um, and somebody, you know, a, a, a famous person with some where, where there's some some um, time to reflect upon, you know, having experienced it rather than just like, you know, the latest person who's been dogpiled on there. And, you know, I mean, the stuff he talks about, I mean, it's like, you know, it affects it affects his personal life. It, it impacts his ability to find a, you know, a relationship to find to move to a different city to to. You know, Comet Ping Pong was a beloved brand that, which is still beloved apparently in D.C. I mean, people love the neighborhood, love the pizza, but I mean, he can't franchise it. I mean, it's a huge loss of money, right. and who's he going to sue? You right. know, I mean, it, it, it's horrible. Um, and this guy did nothing. He did nothing to deserve it. There was no pedophile dungeon. He he, he never did anything harmful right. to his whole, whole life. I'm glad we should. I just realized that you know, obviously, we know, and I think the majority of my audience knows, but. To be safe, in case there's any new listeners, any young people who could be in that TikTok audience unaware, we should be explicit here. There was no child trafficking ring being run in the basement of Ping Pong of Comet Pizza. Uh, there was no child traffic ring at all. They don't even have a basement. Uh, it was literally this all came from a few right wingers thought Hillary Clinton was going to beat Trump. And needed a new anti-Hillary, anti-Democrat campaign. And they, and when the Podesta email leaks came out and all those emails dropped, they were looking for something to, to, to pick out of those emails. They couldn't find very much. At least, you know, there were some interesting tidbits in there, but nothing the right would care about. No smoking gun for the right to care about. So they looked at, oh, wow. Some Bernie Sanders stuff. That we yeah, yeah. But they wouldn't. Well, the, the you, right you glossed over a little bit there, though, because I mean, it's it's not a few right wingers. I mean, the Russian Russian government was likely involved. Oh, right, right, uh, right, right. It's like, I mean, it was a coordinated um, op, I guess right. you would call it. Right. Um, well, didn't didn't out coordinated? We don't know who else was involved. I mean, like, um, you know, how 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 much people were working together. You know, we don't like. I mean. We're not going to get like all Seth Abramson or whatever about like, you know, <laughs> putting together Russia Gate stuff or whatever. But like a lot of bad actors were involved at once um, in order to gin up some material out of these emails that Russia hacked. Sure, sure, sure. And, and uh, you know, what they got, what the sacrificial lamb, so to speak, 
was this pizza place where, I mean, just some people, DC people order pizza. Um, and you know, they, they create the, in, in order to make, as you, as you, as you said, in order to make the emails, uh, flavorful, they made it all about pedophilia. And then, and these guys, uh, on Twitter, these, these people who had been laundered into legitimacy through Twitter and, and by their algorithm and all that stuff made, uh, you know, help make Pizzagate a thing. I mean, on Reddit, it also happened quite a bit. And then there's, you know, it was on YouTube and it was on Facebook and it was on all this, but, but Twitter, again, we associate it with Mike Cernovich. We associate it with Jack Pozovic. We probably don't associate with Cassandra Fairbanks, although we should, cause she was doing it. And, uh, many, many smaller neo-Nazi white nationalist accounts, uh, people like Joe Jordan, AKA Eric Stryker was, was pushing Pizzagate stuff. I mean, all kinds of people, um, very few people on the far right avoided it at that time. And they used Twitter to do it. And, and Twitter never punished those people. They rewarded them sometimes with verification badges. And um, in some cases, uh, again, promoted them. I and mean, they've recently promoted Jack Pozovic's thoughts on the Derek Chauvin trial. So that's an ideological bias at play, in my opinion. Right. No, absolutely. And I didn't mean to, to downplay. I just, I, you know, from what we understand with uh, outside, uh, you know, foreign interference, and I think it's, imp- I, I do think it's uh, uh, important to, to add what you said, but also from what we understand, most of this stuff was, uh, if not all of it, was created here by the far right. And then, you know, the, Russia stepped in to basically just push it out there. They didn't necessarily come up with it because when we, we've seen. Yeah, they're out- opportunistic right we've seen when they did try to originate several different storylines and memes they weren't very good at understanding american politics in that way they yeah. they, they weren't good at creating it they were they, no, they were... i think i i think that's right i think that i mean i i think that they are they can see you know where there's a wound opening up and they tear it harder right so Actually, I did want to talk a little bit more about Pool because you you had a uh, a discussion with Pool actually, uh, and it, over email over email it? right. Uh, it's still very interesting to me. I should add an addendum here to people who aren't familiar with this show. Uh, I haven't heard from him in a in a week or two, but Tim Pool had reached out to me a few weeks ago to have me on his show. So I just want to full disclosure. Which I would, I will go on with no questions asked. Are you kidding me? I'm going on that show. <laughs> You'd be the one guy who would be like, I'd be like, okay with you doing it. You know, I, 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 I we can send you. That's a, that's a mission. I, I will say there were there were other people who I've seen on that show who've done a good job. I, 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 you know, I'm I do not like no fan of uh, Destiny, but credit where it's due, I think he handled them from the clips I've seen. He handled himself well on that show. Same with Vosh. I'll, I'll definitely credit where it's due in terms of people who've been on that show before. But thank you. I appreciate that. I think, I think it would definitely be an interesting uh, time. Uh, so now that the disclosure is out of the way, I thought that was one of the more interesting things because Tim Pool is one of those people who have had back and forths with Jack Dorsey. And it seems like he's the only one, though, uh, out of that group who's had a communication with Dorsey to, to spoken with you. Well, um, Cernovich used to talk to me, for instance, but he stopped when I went to SPLC. Um, a lot of these guys get like really, you know, they get they get scared. I mean, quite frankly, I mean, 
you know, I mean, that's what what, what happened. Pozovic told me, talk about scared. When I reached out for him for comment, he, he said the, I'm calling the FBI. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know. What do, they, what do they think SPLC has? Like tanks? I mean, uh, the anti-racist tank brigade. Um, but yeah, you know, Poole replied with, with a kind of like this long, like 3,000 word email that is just basically doing the how you respond to SPLC thing when you're when you're nervous, which is I'm not a racist. I, how can I possibly, you know, I'm not far right. I don't, you know, like just disavowing basically everything in sight, like I'm mixed race. And, you know, I, I you know, you can be mixed race whatever. I mean, Ali Alexander is uh, is, is a person of color. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, doesn't really matter to the story here we're talking about far-right extremism we're not talking about like you don't have to be like david duke um you know to to uh have said that the election you know was illegitimate and etc cetera, etc cetera. uh so yeah i mean Poole, but pool said that he believes door i mean he thinks that dorsey wants unrestrained he won far extremists to have unrestrained platforms based upon him talking which i thought was a very interesting thing for him to say um, and maybe perhaps a way of, you know, throwing kind of throwing Dorsey under the bus to try to save himself a little bit. Um, I was kind of, an, I, you know, it was interesting enough that I put it really high up in there. Um, I don't know what Tim Pool's uh, personal ideology is. I know the, the, the ideology that he projects online, you know. I know. I think his ideology is making money for himself, which apparently he makes quite a bit of, from what I've heard. Um, a lot of money, and there's a lot of money in being uh, a right-wing uh, performer. Um, and uh, what I would, the way I would describe his views are, uh, is uh, reactionary. That's the way I describe it. In there is, you know, is reactionary. I mean, he's 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 certainly tolerant of people who uh, have. Uh, extreme far-right beliefs and platforms them. I mean, he had Enrique Tarrio, the Proud Boys, on in the run-up to the election. I mean, that, I think, speaks volumes to what type of person Tim Pool is. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I always look at it this way. I don't care who you have on your show. Have on anyone you want on your show. The question is, what are you having them on to talk about? Like if you're well, having... it, is, it was a recruitment advertisement. I mean, that's not that's not what what Poole would say it is. But that's the impression that I certainly got when I was when I was watching. it. Right. Yeah. If, if you're not, you know, if you're not, you, know, you have to if you have someone on like that and your purpose is not to give them an open mic to say what they'd like and share their views with people, then you need to have a pretty good, you know, Way wasn't to exactly go about asking Tario hard questions. Right, right, exactly, exactly. It was my that was my issue with uh, when I made that video when uh, Jimmy Dore had that Boogaloo boy on his show. Uh, you know, Dore is a guy, isn't he? Oh my god! Yeah, he's someone who I'm sure we'll be talking about. Uh, you you'll be covering uh, maybe in a, a year or two if the, traje <laughs> if the trajectory continues. Right. Well, I mean, you know, the first time actually I ever heard of Jimmy Dore. Um, is because the neo-Nazi was praising him. And I was like, who? He's like, oh, it's like, oh, you know, there are there are reasonable voices on the left, like Jimmy Dore. And I was like, who? I didn't really know who he was because I'm not like a YouTube kind of, like I, I will do YouTube when, when, uh, when you know, it's, it's good stuff like this. But I don't like keep up. Like, you know, I don't like, I actually don't have time. I'm 42. Uh, uh, you know, I'm doing my investigative reporting and being a dad. And, uh, but, um, you know, what I've seen of Jimmy Dore is 
pretty interesting. I don't know. It's a pretty not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's you know, one day someone will look into you know all the all the you know all the great names that uh, TYT has gotten out there, but somehow some of the worst people have come from there too, in terms of uh, Dave Rubin and Jimmy Dore, like you know. Some is someone Dave, in the Dave Rubin, Dave Rubin was on the Young Turks. Oh, that's where both Dore and Ruben started. They were. I know Dore was. I, I had heard that. No, Ruben had his own show on the Young Turks. That's why he's prom. That's why he. So, someday, someone will will look into who was recruiting for the Young Turks then, and find out it was some like secret right winger, like undercover. <laughs> but 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 like you know, this brings us full circle because this is exactly what I was saying about. Um, the way social media companies are structured and the way Twitter is structured, for instance, and probably YouTube as well, um, it is structured in such a way that if you are a person who is trying to make money off this algorithm, you're eventually going to start pushing ideas that piss people off because it's, it, it runs on emotion. If I go onto Twitter right now and be like, hey, uh, this is my favorite Cocteau Twins album. It's going to get five likes, right? If I go on to Twitter and I say like somebody's favorite music is right now or whatever, uh, you know, I just pick, you know, what is, is bullshit and it sucks. Like something that's really, really popular. I don't know what it would be. Um, I don't know the new Tyler, the creator album or something. If I started ranting about that, it's going to get a lot of comments and negative, whatever negative emotions drive, interaction it's about fueling anxiety and depression in people and that is why people with these really harsh reactionary views like if you didn't start that way you'll get there if your main ob objective is to become famous right right well i i'm still on on you uh hearing door from a neo-nazi it's no surprise but i mean that's why. That's why I first heard of him. Right, it was like right, right, years yeah, yeah. ago. Right. I, I just really didn't know much about him. He he uh, he uh, dabbled in the Seth Rich conspiracy. Let's put it, uh, and, and that sort of I think might have in, in uh, you know graced himself with some of these people who. Uh, it's a they, much more exciting world if you're a Bernie supporter to believe that Hillary Clinton killed a you know a, a Bernie. It's a much more exciting world, right? I mean, we we love excitement we need like boogeymen and stuff oh. and, and and these conspiracies do that for all people. right absolutely i mean my, michael brooks and i when i was at the majority port we created this whole fictional uh, world with with him doing the 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 characters because he was great at impressions of um you know of bill clinton and hillary just taking people out left and right and you know because you know, starting all the way back with vince foster even pre-social media this stuff was out there social media just being able to ramp it up get them yeah. an easier way to Vince Foster, Vince Foster is like like Columbine a a very influential kind of touch and Pizzagate you know a thing that became more of a thing over time right right see the thing is with that though I think people are unaware of Vince Foster like it start like people know Columbine and you know but I think a lot for, of for, people are um non zenial uh, kind of Gen Z people. Uh, Vince Foster was the first Clinton murder victim, right? Conspiracy yeah. theory. <laughs> yeah, and um, widely, widely disproven and discredited uh, conspiracy theory. But it was a, um, you know, it obsessed the right at a time when um, the Democratic Party looked really tough to beat. Um, 
partly because they're doing this triangulation stuff that was that we are we're all paying the price for. Right. To get back onto Twitter, I don't want to uh, you know jump without getting to this, but I do want to talk about this because Twitter's big uh, way of dealing with all this stuff, and I've covered this with my work, uh, you know, my written reporting work uh, as well. But it, it's so wholly ridiculous, and that is the warning labels. The yeah. labeling of various tweets as a way to say, hey, look, we're taking action. We're doing something. I mean, what what, what a bizarre we'll, – we'll let it continue out there. We'll put a label on it that says this might be manipulated in some way or not true in some way. And there we go. I mean, I, I just – the weirdest one to me, and this is one I, I actually covered, and I some people were some people had reached out and was like, "Why are you why are you uh, uh, fe- uh, you know defending these people?" And it's like, I'm not defending them. This is just a stupid label for anyone. The hacked contents label. That's a new one they started putting out there. Where if they believe a report is um, was created based on hacked documents. They will label it as a hack. They put a hack documents label on. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, so bizarre. Like, it's just a we. It's just a. It really does feel like just a thing for them to say. Look, we're doing something. Well, I want to bring. I just want to bring people from there back to my overall point, which is that this the whole and and we'll get to. Let's also quickly mention Birdwatch before we wrap up. All right. Um, no, but but all this stuff is designed to keep this same thing humming. If you're going to do like one takeaway from this site, it, 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 you know, from, from, this, um, from, this, from this analysis, it is that um, they want to keep it, you know, bad, <laughs> reactionary, filled with harassment and lies because they want you to stay on the site and click through stuff. They want you to feel anxiety. They want you to feel depression. They want you to keep clicking. They want you to feel lost on there. They want you to feel like everything, everybody's out to get you. That it'll just keep you clicking because once you're, you know, you're not going to put down the app. It's just human nature. You want to, you, you want to get it resolved. People want to get their problems resolved. So what do the warning labels actually do? Um, have you like, Okay, I'm dating myself again. Again, I'm 42. I'm full. I don't lie about my age. Full zenial time here. Uh, I very much remember seeing CDs in the store with the uh, parental advisory sticker on. Oh, I remember that. Yes, I'm third- too live through. Welcome to the fuck shop. Um, <laughs> you can Google that. Uh, and when I, you know, and like with two two live crew, where it was like all this. I'm sure, like I'm sure, you know, I could get me canceled if we start thinking about what actually was the lyrics in the two live crew songs. They were, they were extremely bad and, and plenty misogynist. Um, but anyway, like, you know, when the junior high, it's like, Oh, two, you know, or whatever it was, was sixth grade. Fifth, I don't remember what it was, but whatever the parental advisory on a two live crew album is like, Oh, don't look at this. Don't listen to welcome to the fuck shop. Um, you know, NWA. Oh, Oh, you know, don't listen to fuck the police. Don't do that. We've got this warning on here. I mean, do you think the record companies were like trying to get people to not buy the albums? I mean, right. people started to wear parental advisory stickers on their fucking T-shirts, dude. Right. 
I mean, right? I, Apple Apple Podcasts makes me uh, say whether this is an explicit podcast or not. And let me tell you, I I certainly check that box every chance. Yeah, I right. Get. People want to know. They want to know what they're not supposed to hear. And like, it sounds like I'm joking or something, but I'm dead it's, serious. Yeah, I, they're like, oh, don't look at this like disinformation. This is some very naughty disinformation here. <laughs> Sandra Fairbanks is going to show you. She's going to show you about you know, and, like to you, you may say no. Seriously, you to you, you may be like all like, um, oh, it's another insane tweet from Fairbanks. But to the um, imbeciles who read Gateway Pundit and enjoy it every day, I don't know who these people are, but it gets a lot of traffic. Um, to these people, you know, a, a tweet label that's – think of what the message is sending. It's like the same thing as a two-live crew album to like a year in fifth grade. It's like, uh-oh, you don't want to find the real truth that, that the elites don't want you to see about what happened, how – how Joe Biden smuggled in all this mail. You don't want to find this out, do you? Don't you don't want to look at this? And then of course Fairbanks comes back and she's like, she's like, LOL owned Jack Dorsey. I, you know, my tweet got viewed like, you know, five million times or something like that. Like and post the statistics. And it's like, it's not by accident. They're not trying to ban Cassandra Fairbanks. She makes people angry. She gets people clicking, right? Right. This is not by accident, this stuff. It's not the, the tweet label is not the people have to stop. And I wish reporters and tech reporters stop seeing good intentions in these people. They want to get scoops directly from the company, like who we banned this time and like whatever else. It's all bullshit. This whole thing is meant to keep your attention, to keep people clicking. It is there's no good intentions. There's nothing good. They want you to invest all your emotions into this shitty website. You know, and that's what that's all that, all, all that stuff is about. All these things are strategic. They're not like, oh, well, if we do that, maybe people will really know the truth about the election. They don't give a shit. If you know the truth about the election, these people don't care about that. All they care about is money and power. That's it. They don't have anything else that they want. And what they want you to do is see that tweet and everybody gather around and look at the tweet. And that's what it is. Right. They want everybody to gather around and look at the tweet. And they and people do. And people do. I will find I may not look at Cassandra Fairbanks's feed for a week, but I'll sure as hell see the tweet that like got like locked and everybody gather around and be like, what did she say? That was so bad. Right. And this is bullshit. And it's like, get, let's go to Birdwatch. I don't think I've ever been more pissed off um, at my colleagues, not my colleague at SPLC, but like fellow journalists at like the breathless like way in which people reported that Twitter was announcing Birdwatch. I mean, this fucking this, this like. Can you explain to people who don't know what Birdwatch is? Because I think okay, that's so, one thing a lot of people don't know about. So, so on January sixth, twenty twenty one, some people did some things to the U.S. Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> you may have noticed some people died, um, and and Twitter was heavily involved in this process. Um, you know, at least was used by these, you know, by these extremists, um, including Brandon Straka, whatever his name is, that weird guy who was like verified with the, he did like walk away or whatever that hashtag oh, is. Oh yeah, the demos walk away. I was on a- Twitter is mentioned 13 times because what? it's all Twitter shit. What was anyway. that? I'm sorry, you cut out for a second. Sorry, sorry. Um, Brent, he, he, in, in Straka, 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 somebody on YouTube, I'm sure will comment and correct me. Whatever he's a nobody who's again has 500,000 followers and is verified his it is indictment um twitter is mentioned like 13 different times anyway all right 
Fun I'm fact, I was on a... How involved Twitter was in, uh, in this situation. So then, like, a couple weeks later, Twitter is like, guys, uh, I got a little something for you. Uh, we're, we're dropping this new thing, which is, like, a program in which people can do Wikipedia-style annotations of, of tweets that are misleading. And then, like, Birdwatch users whoever these people are, this is like, it's like, so first of all, like, let's, let's get something straight. They are doing what they do to rights groups like SPLC. They are farming moderation out to the people who use the website. So they are asking you to be a good student in class who raises their hand and stuff and says that, no, actually, Joe Biden isn't a pedophile, right? And like, you have to like, go in and like, go into the tweet and like, right, Joe Biden isn't a pedophile. This is a false conspiracy theory. This came from 4chan or whatever. And you have to do the job that a moderator would do and like write about it. And like Twitter comes out with this, it's obviously like PR move. And people, everybody like wrote it up. They like wrote, they're like, oh yes, Twitter says, uh, Twitter says they're putting Birdwatch in. I could see the minute, like I saw it, I was like, this is disgusting. They are asking us to stay on the website for longer hours and to write little notes explaining, you know, why like Emmanuel Macron like doesn't have two penises or whatever, like the conspiracy. <laughs> no, seriously, like whatever the conspiracy du jour is, they're asking us to come in and be like, Dorsey's like, eh, with a cigar, he's like, eh, gonna go, uh, you know, mine some Bitcoin, have fun with that, you know? And like, seriously, and, and it's just basically like, yeah, well, actually, um, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi is not trying to um, turn children gay with like a magic potion, um, according to Snopes. So we have to put that like little link in the thing. And it is it is a joke and it is not taken off. Nobody's using it. Has anybody even seen any Birdwatch thing? And anybody even like that was a good Birdwatch annotation? I've seen nothing, nothing about mm -hmm. Birdwatch. I remember when it dropped. Uh, I, I, you know, sometimes at my work, uh, I do have to do just like write ups of like new tech stuff just like you know they, they let me do cover whatever i want but sometimes you gotta you know you gotta write up some of this stuff i did not do bird watch because i think they might have known i didn't want to do it uh it's just yeah i've seen nothing about it it's not even like as with all the criticism in the world at least if maybe like it took off and was doing something we could be like yeah it's not the way to do it but you know at least it's being it's not even being used like i don't i don't ever seen anything no one's using yeah i haven't it's seen anything it's garbage. But the, 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 my issue is, like, it was garbage from the minute it was, it was like it, it was instant garbage. It was like this absolute bullshit that they came out with to try to make it look like they were doing something, right? And they were not doing the bare minimum. They were not even doing the bare minimum, which is try to fix the situation. They were they presented something that objectively um, is meant to keep their goody two shoes users on the website saying that things are not right and that this comes from the Russians and that like actually these people are not pedophiles and like actually, um, you know, these votes were not stolen. And, you know, and actually there's no grand conspiracy theory to put microchips in your in your in your body. Um, and what and it is a joke. It is it is literally meant you, designed to give you on that website more time where, where and Twitter is not putting the, the, the money and effort into actually moderating their content. I mean, think about, you, you know, 
think about some of the headlines they grabbed. They they did some, they made some choices, right? They 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 decided to suspend uh, Jim Hoft. You know, better late than never after he had done considerable damage. Um, but they didn't, you know, suspend Cassandra Fairbanks, who also writes for the same site. There's no consistency there. They got rid of Project Veritas. I guess they had irritated enough people, um, probably people in Silicon Valley, people in Twitter. I mean, basically asking for it at that point. I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if they suspend me, quite frankly. Um, but like, uh, you know, I mean, you know, James O'Keefe was asking for it pretty much, um, despite his friends, you know, being being friends with a lot of Trump people and whatever. But I mean, really, they I think they took a calculated risk, you know, just what can we do to make it look like we've done everything and just get out scot-free, which is part of the reason I released this analysis now was because I feel like Twitter feels like it's we've done with the conversation. We can stop talking about how how this website was 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 used to um, propel lies on a uh, on a, you know, thermonuclear scale <laughs> nuclear. They said nuclear. No, no, you said it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm talking to children because my my you know I'm talking to my kids all the time and I, you know so whatever. I'm, the point is, this was a good time to release this because this 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 horrible website, um, which has done so much damage, and, and the only reason you know who any of these people are, Cernovich, Fuentes, all these people. They came to you and 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 they said, you know, we're going to suspend some Project Veritas people who have pissed us off already. We're going to get rid of Jim Hoft. Um, and we're going to get rid of Ali Alexander after he said, I'm going to unleash vengeance on my enemies like a few days after after leading, literally leading Stop the Steal. And after Twitter actually, according to him, um, allowed his content to stay, brought his content back as a friend because he like, I guess, text Dorsey and was like, hey, guys, they're trying to your 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 boys are trying to hurt me. Um you know, after all that, they're now that I think they think they're in the clear and and it's going to be fine. People need to know that, you know, that this is blue gab and and uh, I'm done. I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. I think it, I've, it, I've... It'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Trump. Right. I mean, Facebook has left the door open after the oversight board forced their hand to to come up with some sort of rule, either ban him outright or. Or give him a length of suspension, and they chose the latter. Give him a length of suspension of approximately two years. And but Twitter has been uh, adamant on their end to say Trump will remain off this platform. But we'll I, see, I right? Brought, I think if they brought him back, I think I think I, I might leave. Actually, I don't. I don't know. You know, someone can play back to me and say, I, I mean, I, what, what do I think is? It's hard for me. I'm a spokesperson, so I have to like. You know, I have to use Twitter. Um, in, in an effort to be fair, I will say this because I need to. Obviously, I'm a fair guy. Twitter should have its side. For me yeah. personally, uh, Twitter has been quite good for my career. So that's all I have to say. About that. Well, okay. So, uh, so I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. But here, here's my question. Okay, like you know, but I, I think you know you would be successful in a lot of doing a lot of different you know things in life. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, I used, I, I definitely used, to, I'm not like on Twitter all the time. Uh, you know, I'm not like a Twitter person, um, but the followers helped me and they probably helped me get, you know, get this, the, you know, the job that I have. Um, so like hardly like I have like a ton of followers or anything. I have like, um, what, uh, I don't know what it is, over 20,000, um, which to me seemed unreachable when I was like, 
you know, writing stories um, as a freelancer many years ago. Um, so that, yeah, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that platform. But, um, you know, that's the life we live right now. Uh, that's the life we live right now. And, and they, it, you know, it, you have to step back and you have to understand that they are exploiting you. They are making money off of you too. You know, you are feeding this engine, um, by being a, a you know, a content creator. I, I Twitter hasn't given me a dime. That's the thing. This isn't really what the point is, obviously, but that's the thing too. Like YouTube and Facebook are like, obviously we're on a whole different conversation now are, are like doing revenue cuts with people like you could sign up for YouTube monetization and get it if you just have like a thousand subscribers and like, boom, you could make money off of doing it. Obviously not very much if you don't grow your, but still something. If journalists stop using this website and it is like really about the journalists and being able to give you the news in real time. And like, I understand people want it. Like, I mean, like for stuff that like I'm interested in that is not my, um, my beat or whatever, my beat can be sometimes pretty annoying. Uh, I think because, because like, you know, I live in it, uh, whatever, but like, I want to hear from like the, I want to hear from the Mets and Islanders beat writers. Like I want to hear like what's going on there. Like, you know, you can get news and it, it's very helpful in that way. So, um, if the journalists stop using Twitter today, this site would be nothing. And that is what runs it. And that's why it is so infuriating to see how the site is primarily, the primary thing about it is, is not necessarily keeping people informed, but actually um, tilting this co the country in a much more reactionary way. And as we face issues like climate change and stuff like that, this is gonna be really scary. If we give both sides, uh, you know, thing and we get the algorithm going on these people who are gonna get us to, you know, back on some more bullshit regarding climate change, we don't, we're running out of time. We could go, in, we could go extinct. Right. I mean, it's it's it is amazing that journalists chose the one platform that doesn't give its content creators a cut of their advertising revenue, right? Like literally, if if it's like YouTube or Facebook or TikTok, even like obviously these platforms all have their own issues, but these all give these all these, these people have all come to the conclusion that we should really give something to the people that create our content. Twitter doesn't do. Sh shit like why are journalists putting so much of their stuff on there myself and yourself included obviously for, you say twitter has helped you. you say twitter has helped you and i i say that yeah twitter has helped me i don't know if, if my investigative reporting is actually what helped me and then like putting on twitter and, and 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 some people liked it is what helped me i don't know but i do know this that i would like to be helped by a better website than this oh absolutely I, i'm sorry right. like like as a journalist i want something better than this this sucks i mean like this site, let, 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 all right, let's, enough of this, enough analysis. This site fucking sucks, okay? I hate, <laughs> I seriously do, I, I do. And it's like, it's like, we all have to be on it, you know, and, and, and all this stuff. Uh, a writer for Rolling Stone was talking, so she, she said something about her grandmother and somebody was like trolling her about her, her dead grandmother. Like, what, what is this shit? I'm sorry, it's just like, a, it, 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 like, I, like I said early up in that analysis, it is a website based on, you know, it, it is based on fueling anxiety and depression in people. It, we can do better than this as journalists. We can do better. There has to be a better way to reach the public than this. It but works. It works in a way other platforms don't because there's no, you know, on Facebook, you can sort of, um, again, I'm not promoting any of these other platforms, but on Facebook, you can, you know, you can choose who your who gets to see your stuff. You know what I mean? There's like a walled garden you can build yourself. On YouTube, I mean, obviously, YouTube comments suck, 
But at the same time, um, they don't really go anywhere. Like, there's just so many comments, and it's just like no one takes them seriously. It's not attached to anything. And right. they don't like they're not in the con like you can watch a YouTube video and not see the comments at all because you just don't have to scroll down. Whereas on Twitter, all the reactions, all the 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 shitty comments, they're just so integral and connected to everything you say. You click a tweet, they're right there. You could almost not read the content without seeing the first couple of replies. Like it's just and you get yeah. notified for them, you get to see. Like I get shitty people saying shit in the YouTube comments all the time. It's really easy just to not scroll down and see it. On Twitter, you can't check your replies from people that you like, uh, who you're friends with. Without also seeing the shitty comments, it's like unless you yeah. go through, yeah, like it's like it's just how the site is made. Well, the shitty comments and the harassment are the things that you hear a lot about from journalists, right? You hear a lot like, okay, like this is you know, look, you got to get thin skin after a while. I've covering Nazis, uh, I've got my skin is toughened up over time. I don't really, there's not much you can do, you know. I mean, I get, I, I've gotten. I don't talk about it, but I've gotten like much more uh, serious death threats um, than, you know, than I even I, I talk about it. But like I got like hardcore stuff. Um, so I'm pretty tough about this stuff now. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Harassment is one thing. And that that is that is terrible. You know, I'm not a big fan. I'm, I'm not a big fan of it, particularly hard on women. Um, you know, let's let's be honest. And 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 people of color and women of color to the most extreme, really like take it very hard on Twitter. Terrible for journalists there. But the issue that affects us nationally, not the individual, like the, the issue that affects us nationally, and I, I'm going to do a follow up to this to this analysis because I am not done talking about what this website does to tilt this country in a reactionary way is related to legitimizing laundering things that have an appearance of journalism, but are not journalism. And that needs to be reported out, you know, and it needs to be done in a serious way, in the same way this, this analysis was done about the, the ideology behind Twitter and um, the way it, you know, turned, turned characters from, from obscurity into celebrities. The next thing I have to do is has got to be to focus on things like Andy No and, and, and some of these things that are, that are, you know, again, Andy No is purely, and I say purely, a Twitter phenomenon. That is all he is. He is a social media performer. He performs on social media like a, like a clown, okay? And he goes out and he makes himself part of the news, right? The post-millennial, Holt did some good reporting on the post-millennial. Um, you know, I mean, the post-millennial is like, as far as I know, run out of some, you know, Canadian apartment um, there's a bunch of like, you know, legitimized on Twitter as, as being a thing there, they have no standards and practices. They run one source stories on Jack Pozobic tweets. I mean, what this is doing to our flow of information, people talk about disinformation, whatever. Okay. I like that word. Actually. I like the word disinformation. People say, well, it's overused. I think it's still, still, does, still gets, still works as far as I'm concerned. Disinformation is one thing, whatever. Okay. Um, but creating this entirely fake ecosystem around journalism that isn't journalism, like this whole world filling this vacuum of truth um, that does not exist on the right in any way anymore. 
right? Like this is not this is not the like, well, Dick Cheney side said this, and even I mean, look, not defending those days, but my point is that this is now like there's there's no like this they're dealing with things that don't exist, right? An, an election that was not stolen that they think is stolen, right? Right. No, the, I, I see what Twitter you're is making, yeah, but Twitter is Twitter has made this entirely fake ecosystem of like post millennial and all these like different things, and that needs to be reported out. It's it's, it's absolute joke. I think we've probably gone on very long. So no, I've I've had a great time with you. I regret, I'm animated now. I I mean I you know to, to, to just for your last point, I just want to say like there's always been room for like. I mean, in my opinion, everything is, is, you know, biased in some way. I mean, the idea that there's some sort of straight shooting journalist out there completely independent of and it's always seen as like the corporate media, right? The corporate media always gets the, oh, this is not left or right. This is the centered. I mean, they're towing the line of whatever corporation they work for or, pay, or whoever's paying the ad revenue. I mean, I, always, I think about uh, the most recent thing that I could come to mind all these mainstream outlets that started uh, writing up the Chipotle talking point that they had to uh, uh, raise the prices of their food because they had to pay their employees more. And every single middle of the road, down the middle outlet, uh, corporate media, uh, ran with that, that basically a press release from Chipotle as, as truth. So everyone sort of, but at least, you know, in, at least on the left media they're open about what their their media is they usually say they're progressive media or left-wing media or whatever they explain that this is left-wing analysis or left-wing coverage and they use for the most part of course there are always bad faith people on all sides uh different you know i'm not saying i'm not both sizing it but yes there are some bad faith people on the left too uh, but for the most part they use factual reported legitimate information to provide their left-wing or progressive analysis on the right you don't see that i mean if you want if you were like a you know you're running a libertarian publication that used report i guess for in some way and i'm not promoting this publication the closest thing the right has to that it would be like reason i guess and it's not giving them props either i'm just saying that's well, the I mean, closest I mean, like like reason, but reason also has had like, you know, I mean, there are good, there have been some, they've had some good report reporting. I mean, right. here, I mean, like, you know, they have some, some, some form of standards and practices as, as, as screwed up as national review is. Um, and it is pretty screwed up as a news. And I mean, they, I don't know, I, I, to be clear, I am not defending national review, which has, which has published, um, stuff attacking me before. Um, I'm not, what I'm saying is that they have lawyers like actually reviewing their stuff sometimes, I'm sure. Right. There is, uh, while their analysis, at least while their, right. While their analysis sucks shit, there's usually some basis of, of information that they're spinning their analysis off of. Whereas like you were saying about post millennial and gateway pundit and all these other, new right-wing outlets i guess breitbart sort of led the charge here right um Bright, breitbart actually i mean well we get that different story like i mean like but i mean I, I i had to go through some old breitbart stories when i was doing the stephen miller emails and i was like my god my god the amount of traffic that breitbart did and the and the and the, the level of uh you know low standard whatever anyway what i want to say is like you know i'm known if, if, if anyone knows me, 
I'm known for largely for covering far right extremists, right? Um, more than anything else. I mean, that's it. That's all. That's all, you know. I, I had reported on a lot of stuff before, including climate change. I, I wrote uh, for the cover issue of the 2015 uh, National Geographic climate change issue. The this is related to that in the sense of this ecosystem, this far right lying machine that has been enabled and created by Twitter um, is going to, I mean, your children uh, are at risk quite literally from this because of climate change. This is existential. This is an existential issue. And, and, and the, these people are paid. Um, some of them get money to quite literally tell, you know, tell you something that is true is false. Um, and it's existential. We don't have a lot of time to fix this. Right. So while, so I th actually, I think climate change is a much more important issue than far right extremism, but they're not, there's no separation. There isn't. No. Right. I mean, they're outright when you got one side here outright denying its existence or, oh, man, did you see that video of Ruben uh, where basically uh, he was I think he's talking about Michael Knowles, maybe or someone else. And they basically like, yeah, you know, if if climate change happens here, you know, if it's real, you know, we'll just go uh, live on the Mars colony with Elon Musk. No big deal. Like literally just downplaying it, saying, you know, they'll find a way to, to keep on trucking, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, there's a very real possibility that everyone dies, quite literally. So um, the, the, or the amount of time, you know, even the people who think they're going to blast off into space may not have been able to do that, right? They think they're going to have some kind of rich people, Moonraker colony. You ever see Moonraker? They had I, like a... It, it, no, yeah. I, Elysium is pretty close. That's a movie I've seen. Yeah, to, that was so disappointing, though. It was disappointing. I, 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 it looked so dope, and then it was like, hmm. Because the guy who did it did District 9, and District 9 is such a great movie. Uh, but Elysium wasn't that good. But the the the, the story, the though— The idea. The idea was good. Yeah. It's the also point, funny that people like Ruben think they would be elite and wealthy enough to be up there with Elon Musk. Like, Elon Musk ain't taking you, Ruben. I mean— Yeah, <laughs> there's a tool for that stuff. I mean, but 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 this is my—and and also Elon Musk may not get there, Right. Um, this is where like things that I like, I think are, you know, these, all these things are interrelated, um, in a huge way, inequality, climate change, far right extremism. Um, and the goal of the, the, look, we have, we've been trying to follow the money on this. We did stories about like VDAR having like tons of money. Right, coming in like a million dollars. Alex Koch did a story with me. It was, it was a, you know, I'm really proud of it. Um, it's all Alex, pretty much. But, um, uh, you know, I was glad to uh, also work on it. Um, I had him on the day he found that first uh, report that he did on who funds the Federalist. I was like, you got to come on right now. We gotta, we gotta do uh, this. We gotta so break cool. this story right now. <laughs> I, I love Alex. I just, <laughs> he's he, he Alex is the guy to be the most underrated report. I mean, he's rated very highly by me, but like, you know, to me, he's just. I, I, he's, he's one of the guys, one of the few, I'm looking at him and I'm like, man, I wish I, I did that. He's, he does good, just great shit. Anyway, the point is that, um, you know, this issue, these issues, it's like where the money comes from into the far right, um, and what they're trying to do relative to inequality and climate change. Um, not really climate, they're not trying to like 
they're not really like they're not trying to exacerbate climate change. They're trying to, you know, continue to, you know, pull money towards the rich, which, you know, and they are willing to see this uh, get worse. Um, these things are like immediately related. It's not just, you know, that's where the the anti-immigrant stuff is a way in for them to get that because it, it is a way to get people distracted and to get people um, focused on their hatred and, and, and whatever else. I mean, it, it's just, it, it, all this stuff makes rich people richer. Right. And that's why we're trying to focus on big, bigger issues these days at, 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 at SPLC rather than just like, okay, what one extremist said or whatever, you know, these Twitter is a big topic. It, it largely, because this whole, like I said, you know, your, your children can be impacted by the absolute, um, selfishness of this leadership team and what they're willing to do to the flow of information. And I think that's it. I think I'm starting to repeat myself. So I should. <laughs> no, it's all good. I thank you for staying so late. I, I didn't want to interrupt you before, but I just got to leave with, because people were saying, you didn't bring up the story. You didn't bring up the story. So I got to bring it up really quick. When you mentioned, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm here. when you men mentioned Brandon Straka, uh, I got to tell you, uh, people have probably heard this story already. If they're regular listeners, I was on a show with him, uh, uh last year, uh, some like international show, uh, and, and they had me on as a guest and him on as a guest. And I brought up, dude, you're flying around the country. This was during the height of the lockdowns in like April of 2020, uh, uh, the COVID lockdowns. And I'm like, dude, you're flying around the country. Uh, what's to say you're not spreading this shit all over the place? Every, every city you land in, you're not spreading COVID and getting people sick. And he flew off the handle and started yelling at me. Are you calling me a murderer? Are you saying I'm killing people? Are you calling me a murderer? And I was just like, well, I'm not using those words. I'm not the one saying it. But if that's how if that's how you're taking it, then I mean, I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not, not going to argue that I'm not saying that. He just, you know, I mean, for the record, uh, he probably uh, could have very well been uh, someone who caused very many sick illnesses by doing what he was doing. Uh, well, I mean, another Straka is another example of of who who is he? He he's just like a a, a, a for, well, he claims he's a former Democrat who started the Walk Away movement because he loved Trump so much. And Google and Google Straka and bots. I mean, all these guys, all these Twitter, these fake Twitter people. Were boosted by bots. I mean, right. you can search, and you, like they were all like, it's automation makes all these people a thing. Right. You know, that's why I like. I used to be like, oh, did I get enough likes on my tweet or whatever? I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. They care about that give, so much. They I are obsessed with, with it. The reason I don't, I, I stop caring about all this stuff is because so many of these people, like the appearances of things, are boosted by bots. You learn after a while. It's just like, who gives a shit? Who cares about any of this stuff? This is all, it's a game that's rigged against you. That's it. You know, I mean, like Straka's another guy who's like, you know, I mean, his whole thing is automation. Who is he? We don't know who he is. Made from scratch. Pazobic. They're all, like, it's just a, we don't need to know who these people are. They've wasted our time. They wasted like five years of our lives on these people. Um, yeah. Michael. As a, well, let me give you the whole the whole nice outro. Michael Edison Hayden, senior investigative reporter and spokesperson for the SPLC, Southern Poverty Law Center. I have linked your two latest pieces on both Twitter and your interview with the uh, Comet Pizza uh, owner that looks back on Pizzagate five years later. 
in the description on both YouTube and on the the public Patreon uh, link for this uh, episode. Uh, I will also include it when the podcast goes up. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me tonight. It is always a pleasure, and never again will I let so much time pass before having you on again. I cannot believe this has happened. I feel... I'm I'm outraged that I did that. I'm outraged at myself. Well, because we've covered it so thoroughly, I will say at some point, I hope to have something about Fairbanks we can talk about. Because... I mean, what's the the time frame on that? It's like 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 it's sort of like a comic book origin story. I mean, I think like this is because (laughs) this is like uh, here's the thing because because I I I started looking into it because I was curious. I was like, where the hell did she come from? And I found out. You you brought that up when I was telling you about my sixth sense about her, and I got to tell you, it's it, but it's another story about this like appearances, like this fake stuff it's another it's another version of that almost like like the pozovic series i'm like dying to know because this 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 the story you have might be very good for my ego i mean i already think very highly of myself (laughs) (laughs) thank you my friend always a pleasure have a great night bye guys oh wait michael you still there yeah yes i forgot to ask you why don't you oh. promote whatever you'd like? I already said you did this, the. Do you have anything? I have nothing. I, I you want to tell people to. You want to tell people to. Ready for this? Follow you on Twitter. You. I, you can. You can for sure. I. You know. You. Feel free. But like. Uh, you know. In the. In the spirit of my message, I'm not going to bother. So. <laughs> okay. Have a great night, buddy. All right. Take care. Oh, I had to get in that last Twitter word. It just. It, I didn't want it to. I almost forgot. (laughs) Uh, Folks, we're not going anywhere yet. More to this show to come. Uh, On the second half of the show, we have uh, a few calls, maybe. Uh, Drop your super chats if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash Matt Bender. Drop your super chats. Uh, I will read all your super chats, questions, comments. Uh, Oh, by the way, if you want to call, you got to open up Skype. Type in Doomed Live, Doomed Live, and uh, you can call me. It's free to use. Skype is free to use, and it's free to download. And you can get it on your phone, your mobile device, or your desktop. Uh, so Doomed Live on Skype. I'll open up those in a second, that that line in a second. Um, Patreon.com slash Bender to support this show. I hate to do this, but I got to do it. Um, we, uh, like I always say, first of the month is always hard because there's some, some people drop out because of, uh, you know, money related financial difficulties or, or cards get declined. This is probably the worst month ever, to be quite frank. Uh, lost about a dozen people due to financial difficulties and declines, had the highest rate of declines, uh, in the history of the show, quite frankly. Uh, which makes me very worried that there are people who are having money difficulties. So again, if you cannot afford to subscribe to the show via the Patreon, please, I totally get it. Totally get it. This is an appeal to people who can afford to do so, enjoy the show, and haven't uh, supported the show. Uh, if you can become a Patreon subscriber, though, patreon.com slash Matt Binder. Literally ask for like, it's like comes out to like $1.25 a week. Five bucks. That's all I ask. You could give more. You could give less. But $5 is the suggestion. Uh, 
the suggested uh, price. Uh, this show cannot grow without the Patreons. The patrons, I should say, on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash Really appreciate any support if you can give it. And I would like to thank a few people who did subscribe to this show over the past week. And those people are... Hold on, let me open up this old Patreon page here. Uh, There's only a few, to be quite frank. Like I said, hard times, hard times. South uh, FLA hockey fan. Thank you so much, my friend. Uh, Josh B., uh, who is not my brother, by the way, because I have a brother named Josh, and you could assume that maybe B stands for Binder, but that's not the last name. Josh B. And Amelia uh, O. Thank you so much for becoming a patron. And I got to do a special, extra special thanks to a patron who upped their... Um, where is this? I want to make sure I, I give them the proper shout out. We had a few patrons up their um, their patron uh, subscription. Uh, Jennifer, thank you so much for upping your Patreon subscription. Jennifer R. And then uh, Daniel S. And uh, uh, Josh B. upped his uh, subscription. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate the support. I really can't thank you enough. It means a lot if you're, you know, to see someone support this show with, uh, you know, financially. It means it means it means a lot to me, truthfully. Um, you can also support this show by going to Doomed uh, by subscribing to the the podcast DoomedCast.com. Uh, going to ratethispodcast.com slash doomed and leaving reviews on all the links there, especially the Apple Podcast one, I can say proudly that my appeals to you to, to leave the iTunes or there's no more iTunes, the Apple Podcast review uh, have gone pretty well. The show has now gone back to its last I checked. Let me just double check. Last I checked, it's been at its five star rating that we lost because some uh, troll left us a bad review where is this uh apple podcasts um <laughs> yeah we're back at that five star rating uh still i want more we gotta give some give some uh padding here some protection from any other trolls so please if you haven't already given a review, rate this podcast.com slash doomed. Uh, a star review, a written review is uh, always appreciated. Um, here are some recent podcast reviews from uh, Future Tim. Matt Binder is doing good work. Anybody saying otherwise is probably QAnon, LOL. Uh, HR Papa Stacks with the iTunes Apple podcast review. It's a good pod. Not only does Matt research interesting topics and do good interviews, but he seems pretty cool for a guy who's apparently never smoked weed. I appreciate that. Thank you. I'll uh, I'll take that with a badge of honor. And oh, we just got a, a new patron subscriber right here, right now. Oh, 
We got uh, Kowalski upping his uh, Patreon subscription. Thank you, Kowalski. And then we got Tom from Yakubia uh, becoming a patron. Thank you so much, Tom. I appreciate the support. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I truly do appreciate it. Uh, what else? Did I get everything else? Uh, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> uh, at Matt Binder. Uh, Instagram at Matt Binder. Wherever you're on social media, search Matt Binder. I'll be there. Oh, twitch.tv slash Matt Binder. Of course, youtube.com slash Matt Binder. The two channels we're on right now, Twitch and YouTube. Um, I probably got more, but I can't think. Oh, uh, he's probably not going to listen to this, but I'm sure uh, he'll come across it. I mean, but he has come across the show before, so I got to be safe. Tomorrow is my son's birthday. He will turn six years old. Uh, he is, uh, him and his sister are obviously my my reason for existing. They are my everything. And maybe in 10 years, he'll go back and listen to this, and I want him to know this. Who knows? Um, happy birthday, Ezra. Uh, just wanted to put that on the record here. Uh, I'm sure you could see pictures tomorrow on my Twitter account and my Instagram account. Uh, all right. We're going to the second half of the show. More video, more, uh, we'll do calls. We'll do some, uh, questions. Don't forget to leave those super chats if you would like. I'll get to them. Uh... Give me one minute here to fill up my soda so I can keep going. Uh, for all the podcast freebie listeners, this is where I say goodbye. To the live stream viewers and the Patreon subscribers, you can stick around. Uh, so uh, that's the end of this first half. Going to the second half now. See you all next time on Doomed.